At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone. My name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to pilot and photographer Miles Morgan. Miles is an incredibly talented landscape and travel photographer with one of the coolest portfolios I've ever seen. He and I talk about quiet confidence, his landscape photography process, how photography has affected his life as a pilot, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Miles. Welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Good morning. Uh, well, morning where I am, and um, it's really a thrill to be here. First of all, thank you for your patience in scheduling this. For your listeners, we've been working on this for months because I have a busy life. But my name is Miles Morgan. I am—I uh, can't really say I'm a landscape photographer because it's really just a hobby of mine. I'm a, an airline pilot living in the United States, and I've been doing that for 26 plus years now and do some photography on the side for the last 10. Mm -hmm. So I really grew up in, uh, on the East Coast in upstate New York and kind of lived all over the East Coast and then migrated West uh, back around 1997 and discovered that I was a West Coaster at heart all the time. So I've been out here for, oh man, quite a long time now um, in the Portland, Oregon area. And I'll be here for another two months and then moving to Denver, Colorado. Mm, that's really exciting. How do you feel about that? Uh, mixed emotions, uh, excited uh, for work opportunities that are there, a little bit more time at home because we have a, a crew base there, which is kind of a nice change of pace because I've been commuting by air for the last 20 years or so. So I spend half my time getting to work and now I'll just be able to drive home. So I don't even know what that's like, just getting in a car and driving to work. So that'll be That'll be fun, uh, but I do love it up here in the Northwest, particularly for the photography opportunities, and I will miss that, but it is exciting to start a new chapter. Yeah, I wish you all the best with that. That sounds really exciting, especially from a photography perspective, because you'll be in a new place with new environments, so that must be inspiring as well for you. 
I'm just trying to keep up with you uh, since your title is I'm from and do and go all over. So <laughs> I'm, that's my goal. I'm going to try to get to as many places as you are at at any one time. Yes, that's a, that's a good uh, mindset to have as a photographer, especially. <laughs> but what camera equipment do you use? So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a transitioning phase. Uh, I'm going for the digital holy grail. So I went to the Nikon Z7 II. And I've got, you know, in the middle of switching lenses to the uh, mirrorless lens cadre. So I have the 14 to 24 and the 2470 in the mirrorless family. Um, they don't really have the telephoto that I'm looking for yet in the mirrorless. So I'm still using a 7200 F4 and an 80 to 400 uh, that are from the DSLR age. So then you have to use an adapter for those. Oh, and I have to say my you know, six really right stuff, uh, tripods that I've got. I, I love those things and camera bags. I've got a plug. Um, I've got a couple of bags from near zero labs, which is a new camera bag company designed by a photographer where you can put your own pictures on the camera bag, uh, which is fantastic. And they're super light and wonderful. So I'm, I'm playing around with a couple of those. That's really exciting. That's amazing to see your own photographs on a camera bag. It is. I don't have photographs that are good enough to be on the camera bag. So I put my website logo on there. And then I promptly got a lot of grief from Ryan Dyer for doing so, saying that I was arrogant for putting my own logo on there. And so now I don't know what to do. I probably should just get a blank bag. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. And you mentioned earlier that you're an airline pilot, which is one of the coolest jobs ever, in my opinion. Was that a career path you were always interested in pursuing? Yes, actually, there I have recently seen pictures from when I was a little boy and I grew up in New York City for the first three years of my life. And apparently I would make my father take me down to the observation deck at LaGuardia Airport. And I have pictures of me on his shoulders just watching airplanes for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. I don't really know where that came from because I nobody in my family is a pilot. I didn't know any pilots. I didn't grow up with any pilots. Uh, and then I transitioned to wanting to be an astronaut, but I'm... Six five, so and I don't know what that is in in Belarusian slash Russian slash Cyprian like meters, but it's tall, um, and so I can't fit into any space capsule. So I had to kind of give up that dream when I grew, and so kind of went back to the pilot thing at that point, and always wanted to do it, and can't imagine doing anything else with my life. It's it's a been a fantastic career. It is hours of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror and uh, some very interesting career ups and downs through the through the economy, uh, you know, booms and busts. But it, it's been a, a really wonderful way to spend my life. That's incredibly interesting, especially because you also have photography that you're also passionate about. So I think that's very inspiring for the listeners who may sometimes feel like, you know, they have this career that they love and they also have photography, which is separate from their careers. And Maybe they feel guilty sometimes for having multiple interests and not being able to invest as much time in each and every one of them. So how do you deal with that? You know, you have your main job, which is your priority, of course, but then photography, how do you balance that? Literally the hardest thing in my life, um, other than having a two-year-old, that's, that's hard. But <laughs> the balance of work, family, and photography, if you're not doing this full-time, is absolutely the most challenging thing if you're passionate about all of them uh to try to find the time to do everything and try to do everything well is a real balancing act and it's hard to do um if i'm totally honest it probably cost me my last marriage uh, i mean amongst other things but i you know i'd go out and fly a four-day trip and i'd come home and i'm just so excited about doing photography that i'd say see you later i'm going to go out for three days and go shoot and i'd go shoot for three days and come right back and have to go fly another four-day trip and my ex was, uh, bless her heart, too nice to say, hey, don't do that. And so she, I'm sure, got lonely and bored. And that's a, that's a really hard thing to do. And I think for me, just sort of realizing that you can't be all things and you kind of have to figure out what's the priority in your life. And then uh, in, in my case, it was, you know, my family has to come first and then particularly now having a little a little girl and then my job because I people's lives are in my hands so I have to make sure that I'm devoting 
a lot of time and attention and uh, trying to be perfect at that. So the photography has really had to take a back seat for the last few years. And I don't get as many opportunities to go shooting as I'd like, but I do try to carve out that time um, so that I, I can sort of scratch that itch, so to speak. Uh, for example, I'm in a couple of days, I'm leaving for a one week storm chasing tour uh, with some uh, some friends that we're going to lead a, a group out there into the Great Plains of the U.S. and try to find some tornadoes and thunderstorms and not get killed. That is amazing. That's so exciting. And thank you for your honesty. I mean, we do tend to kind of sugarcoat things sometimes as photographers or as busy people, but it's nice and refreshing to hear the truth about, you know, the busyness of life and how you do need to prioritize certain things in your life in order to not fail and feel like a loser. So, Well, I feel like a loser all the time. <laughs> so, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. I, I fail uh, probably more than I succeed in, in all ways, but, uh, but, you know, keeps me striving to do better. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's a good perspective. My original question, my next question originally was how has your job as a pilot affected your photography? But you've already kind of answered that. I'm curious to know how has photography affected your life as a pilot? Ooh, Oh man, we're going with the switcheroo. I got to hang on. I didn't write this down. I got to go think about something. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, that's an, that's a really good question. I, I think that photography has been a great catalyst for me to be more creative. Um, that was what I was really missing in my life. And I, I, early on when I picked up photography about a decade ago, I was I had become a captain at a major airline. That was my life's goal. And I sort of reached that. I'd been doing it for a while. And I was a Czech airman. And I thought, well, here I am at whatever it is, 40 years old. I've reached the pinnacle of my career, essentially. And what else am I going to do? I don't want to spend the rest of my life just doing this. And photography was a great way to... Uh, become passionate about something and be creative that you just don't get that opportunity. As a matter of fact, you really don't want to be that creative in flying. It's very uh, regimented and we follow a very strict set of standard operating procedures um, so that everybody can fly together safely, whether you've met each other or not. And so photography has allowed me to explore myself creatively a little bit better. And that in and of itself uh, lends to Maybe better solutions at times, but yeah, I would say that that maybe I've been able to use some of that, you know, thinking about things in a different way to problem solving issues that come up on the day to day operations. You know, airlines are it's a complicated business um, with a lot of moving parts, and so exercising your brain in creative ways to come up with better solutions is something that photography has has taught me. And also the joy of seeing new places. I got, before I did photography, I saw very limited parts of the earth. Uh, and now I've explored more in the last 10 years than I did in the previous 40. And that I think has been, um, has kind of ignited the joy of traveling again. Because when you do it for a living, it's not quite as interesting and intriguing. Um, you just kind of want to be home and and grow some roots. But this has sort of allowed me to want to branch out in my flying as well and go see new places and kind of reignite a little bit of a passion there. That's really amazing. And it's great that your job as a pilot allows you to explore all these places. And I'm curious to know what has been the most beautiful place that you've discovered so far as a photographer? The desert. I'm, I'm not going to say anything that's going to make history here. Um, and I, I actually look at your travel resume and think, man, there's some really special places that I, I still need to go see because I think about some areas of Russia, Belarus, where we are now, and Cyprus that I'm thinking, oh, those just sound amazing. Croatia, places that I, I need to go see. But for me, interestingly, I think Iceland was the one that has resonated with me, with, uh, with me the most. I almost didn't go. I, I went quite a while ago. I think it was 2000 and and I don't know, 14, 15, I almost didn't go because I thought, oh, everybody's been to Iceland. They've all shot the same things. I don't want to go shoot that. And I'm so glad that I did because it was so achingly, hauntingly beautiful. Just driving around that island and seeing this 
you know, the sort of the, the gloomy weather settling over this barren, wonderful, beautiful natural landscape with the variety of the northern lights. And there happened to be an active volcano that we flew over, um, similar to what's going on now. And the, you know, the glacial lagoons and the waterfalls. And I just thought this is incredible. And that Icelandic music, I don't know if you follow that, but it has that haunting feel to it, which is so appropriate for the landscape. And I would just listen to that and drive around and just in, in wonder. Uh, and I haven't been able to go back yet. And it's so high on my list just to get out of the touristy places and go explore a little bit deeper uh, into the countryside where there aren't as many people and there are some more photographic opportunities that are a little bit more unique. Uh, I just need to find the time. So if you can find me some time, I would appreciate it. Send it to me, please. I will do my best. I'll look into it in the future, in the near future, and let you know if I can find some time for you to go to us. <laughs> okay, I appreciate it. <laughs> Put it on your calendar. That's a really interesting uh, answer because a lot of people do talk about Iceland. A lot of photographers praise Iceland, and then many other photographers who have not been there yet feel like it's kind of overrated. But the fact that you still went there and discovered all these places and were just blown away by the beauty there really proves that no matter how popular a country or a specific place may be, you should still give it a chance, you know, as a photographer, especially because you might be able to photograph it from a unique angle or might be able to see it in a way that others haven't seen it. So that's an interesting perspective, I think. So, Thank you. Um, I also think that that's a, a really valid point for the current issues that we all face in the globe, wherever you are. I know here in the U.S., there's basically no international travel or very limited. It's just starting to open up now. The national parks here are so overrun with people. It's unbelievable. Yeah. If you go to Glacier National Park right now or you go to Zion, you're waiting for hours to get in. Mm -hmm. And so it's it would be easy, I think, to turn yourself off from visiting those places. And it's also very expensive right now just because there's no rental cars and hotels are all booked and um, but there are so many places, as you point out, that are in these areas that can be explored and you can find that, you know, creative spark of solidarity and those things that it, it is important, I think, to not get discouraged uh, just because something's been visited or shot many times before. It doesn't mean you can't go find some beauty there and some there, there's a reason why people go there. It's beautiful and it's wonderful. And it shouldn't deter people, I don't think, from going to visit it themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. And speaking of taking unique photographs and beautiful photographs, a lot of people say that a good photograph depends on the photographer's skills. In your opinion, what else makes a good photograph? Um, I think that you have, um, you must have gone through every photographer. And because if you've gotten to me to be on this podcast, you've run out of good photographers. I don't have skill. So pictures that I've taken, I don't know if I get anything decent, it's mostly luck. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with that. We got to have a little luck for me. I'm evolving is maybe not the right word because that implies, you know, forward movement, but I'm changing in what I think makes a good and interesting photograph. And I really think it's come down now to me as just the light and that is maybe the most important element uh, outside of the composition is just the light that is on the scene. And obviously that's, I mean, I'm not making history here either. That's probably from Ansel Adams or somebody that early on said that photography is all about the light, but I, I really truly believe that. And I used to search for that super fiery sunset, you know, where every, everything just the sky would light up and that's all I wanted to shoot. I would kind of not even shoot during the golden hour. I'd wait till after the sun went down. And if the sky didn't light up, it was kind of a bust for me, but that light on the landscape, although you'll get good color is very flat. And, and if it's, you know, if you're truly like 40 minutes post sunset or pre sunrise, it's, it's very flat light. And it's so the landscape itself takes on a little bit more of of a flat is, you know, again, not the really the best word, but sort of a muted look and the sky then becomes the focus, which can be fine. Uh, but right now I'm finding myself much more interested in dynamic lighting conditions where you have particularly side light that creates so much depth and interest 
And to me, the, the quality of the light that you have in the photograph, whether it be sunset, sunrise, or you know, striking light during the day or, or whatever, that is what makes a snapshot into a dynamic photograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if we just shot at a specific time of day, then we would not be able to change. As you said, as photographers, we wouldn't be able to take diverse photographs. So it's interesting that you mentioned side light because I enjoy using that in my portraits. And I think it's just the perfect kind of light for any genre, really, because it does add depth and it is dramatic and it's worth experimenting with. So take note, listeners, if you're into landscape photography, definitely try side light. Yeah, that I agree. Um, my portrait photography skills are horrifically bad. Um, I look at people and go, well, do something. And they look at me and like, well, tell me to do something. And then I end up, you know, shooting a flash off in my own face because I'm nervous. So, um, I can't, uh, assist with any sort of recommendations there, but I can assist with knowing what a pretty picture looks like in the portrait world. And I, I do agree. I think that side light is really special. Mm-hmm. And so bringing that to the landscape world for all the same reasons has that same uh, ability to create something that wouldn't normally be there in just regular flat light. Mm-hmm. And how long does it take you to take a photograph of a landscape that you're relatively okay with and maybe almost proud of? I'll let you know when I when I get one. It's been a decade now and I haven't come up with one yet. <laughs> I, in fairness, I do. I'll go shoot and I mean, it really depends. Sometimes you can go right out and get something pretty quick. Um, I find that the less that I get to shoot, the more time it takes because my eye is not practiced and it's that, that, re- that you really do need to practice. Um, so I find that it takes me a day or two to warm up. So the, the first day or two of a trip, when I review the images, I think, oh man, that was just it might have even looked decent in camera and I get them on the computer when I'm reviewing the images. And I think, ah, oh, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I have time to go back and shoot again. Um, and then again, in the landscape world, you know, one of the struggles is that it's sort of not up to you whether you're going to get a great image or not. If you are seeking good light, you can be good at weather forecasting and you can have a little bit of knowledge about that, which being a pilot has helped me with because obviously the weather's extremely important to what we do. So I'm decent at forecasting uh, conditions, but you can't just assume that it's going to work. And so if it, if the light doesn't work and you're trying to force it, that creates its own challenge. Luckily I've gotten, I've been doing this long enough now where I don't feel the need to create imagery all the time. Um, so if it's not there, it's not there. And if it means that I go out on a trip for three days and I get nothing, then that's okay. And I can go back. I've, you know, I've got enough pictures out there in the world that I am really slow to share anyway, that I don't need to force the issue early on. I was trying to, you know, I would be really upset if I went out and shot and didn't get anything because I felt like I needed to have something to give or to share or to you know, have for myself. So right now it can take a lot longer to answer your question 30 minutes later, um, after you've asked it, it can take me a lot longer to get it, uh, get an image uh, than it did in the past, but just because I'm a little bit pickier and I'll get something home and I'll work on it and I'll like it for about six weeks. And then I don't like it anymore. <laughs> That's just sort of the way I'm wired. I really, I'm kind of not kidding when I say I don't, I don't have any images that I think a year later are truly spectacular. I really don't. And uh, that's just sort of the way I'm built is I don't, um, I'm never really satisfied. That's interesting. You know, this is the way that I see it. You just have very high standards and that's not always a bad thing. Yeah, I I do have high standards, I suppose. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, something I hadn't really thought of is why don't I feel that way? But I look at around the great photographers and you've had a lot of them on this podcast we mentioned i'm going to say ryan dyer's name and then i feel like i need to throw up in a bucket because anything anytime i give him a compliment i feel sick to my stomach immediately like i ate bad sushi and then you've had sean bagshaw and ian plant who are guys that i've looked up to for a decade Um, those three guys create such wonderful compositions again oh god that's hard to get out oh i feel sick um 
but they really do. They create um, incredible compositions and they know how to nuance an image. And so I look at those pictures and then when you feel like you kind of have to compete with that, not, not even compete, but you have to, if you're trying to rise to that level, it's very hard to feel like you've done it. Mark Adamus being sort of at the top of the food chain in terms of composition. Um, you know, you'll, you just keep trying and you'll probably, you know, you're never going to get there, at least in my case. Um, and that's fine. But, the, you know, getting there is half the fun. But yeah, I, I do have high standards just based on what I see in other people's work, frankly. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Yes, I mean, in my opinion, you're on the exact same level as Ryan and Ian and Sean Bagshaw, but... Yeah, we do tend to be a little bit hard on ourselves. <laughs> um, definitely. In, as a human being, I'm way better than Ryan Dyer. I will always be. He's sort of just a waste of plasma that sits around and plays video games and occasionally, you know, by accident gets a really good picture. Um, he's not very interesting to spend time with or talk to. So I'm not sure why you had him on the podcast. And you probably should have deleted that episode. And you could probably scratch that now. I mean, you can go back and scrub it. Yeah, exactly. I should have you both on the podcast at once. I think it'll be the best episode ever to be honest. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, the, so we did a podcast with Ian um, mm -hmm. and the, the two of us came on. And I think David Thompson came on as well. And we were going to do this based on our cameras because we couldn't all be together on the same video. It was a video podcast or so that wouldn't be a podcast by definition, but it was a video chat. Mm -hmm. And so I've never, I mean, I don't do portraits. I don't know how to set up like the video on my camera. I had no idea. So I called Brian. I'm like, uh, how do I do this? And so he gave me the settings. And then, so I filmed the thing, sent it in. It's totally and completely blown out, overexposed. I look like <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost. You can barely see me in there. And that little punk did it on purpose. So he's got this perfect video and Ian's got the studio set up. And there I am, this like white sheet in the middle of like floating in the middle of the screen. So that's, that's how it rolls with him. That's hilarious. Wasn't that you? Maybe we should come on your podcast and I can get him back that maybe that's the way to do it. You know what? Let's do it. Uh, let's hope he doesn't listen to this episode though. <laughs> yeah. He, he's not smart enough to turn his computer on to figure out how to listen. So we're fine. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's going to be a nice prank. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's going to be great. If I could give out awards to, or one award to the funniest Instagram captions, 
ever I would give that award to you because truly your Instagram captions are hilarious. I've also noticed that I'm sure the listeners have as well, that you do not take yourself too seriously and that you frequently <laughs> use other photographers' work, except Ryan's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tips for photographers who want to stay humble but also remain confident in their work at the same time? You know, that is such a great question in so many ways. There's a lot of depth to that. Uh, and, and it's interesting. I think it comes down to, and this is going to sound strange, but when I was a little boy, um, I grew up with not much to do. Um, we, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but I was very fortunate. I had wealthy grandparents who would who were very generous. And so occasionally I would get to do things that kids in my farm town would not get to do. And I, one time I came back from a trip to Montserrat, which is down in the Caribbean. And I'm not kidding. Where I grew up, people didn't, there. you didn't take a plane. I mean, there wasn't, nobody would ever take a trip to New York City two hours away. They just stayed in their farm town. So I went to Montserrat with a friend that my grandparents graciously bought the you know, ticket for. And I was probably 10. I came home and I noticed at school, I was you know talking about my trip and kids weren't, you know, they kind of shunned me a little bit and they, this and the other. And my mom told me, she said, nobody likes a bragger. And that has stuck with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That singular comment is one of the first memories that I have. Um, and my mom passed away not too terribly long after that. And so it's one of the things that I, I treasure from her is that, that piece of advice. So I'm always very cognizant about, I and I find it off-putting when, and it's, so that's really, it's hard as a photographer, right? If this is your business, you need to market yourself. Yeah. You need to get out there. And if you don't tell people that your stuff's great, I mean, you look at people like Peter Lick who can market like a genius and he makes a ton of money because he's very good at it. Um, you have to be able to do that. And I would, I think I would really struggle if I were trying to make this my career for that reason, because it's hard for me to, talk about myself in a positive way without being joking. But I think it's also important as a human to be confident in yourself and to be confident with who you are. And I know for a lot of people that it's, you know, that's something that you spend time your whole life just trying to accomplish, just trying to feel that way about yourself. And it's, it's hard for some people. And in my business, you really need to be, you need to be confident in your abilities as, a, as an airline pilot, because there's some times when you get out there and you need to know that you're good and you need to be confident with that. But I always, the people that I admire most in this world are the people that are able to be quietly confident and that don't need to uh, express how wonderful they are to the world, that they're just, they're just content with their greatness. (laughs) And, and I know some folks like that, that are just really kind and good people. Um, They know who they are and they don't need to tell everybody who they are. And that's not the, gr- the greatest marketing strategy, but as a human, that's what I find the most appealing. So I, I've strived for that. Um, I don't always get there, but um, I think it's, it's possible to be happy with yourself and your work, but still recognize that there are, you know, there's room to grow and there are people out there that are amazing at what they do too. And you don't have to be the best. And really for me, not being too overconfident allows me to try to continue to improve because if I thought I was amazing, what's the incentive, you know, try to get better. If you think you're great and you think you're perfect, just the way you are, there's, you lose some of that interest in, in improving. Um, so for me, that's kind of a big part of my photographic journey and just sort of journey as being a, a human, not sure I'm any good at it, but I, but I do try. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate your answer. And I like the backstory. And I think, yeah, as photographers, we are creative people and we need to take care of marketing sometimes. And if we're full-time photographers, that's absolutely a priority. But we should never forget that we're humans too, and that we should be humble and be kind to others and not just try to constantly be better than other people and elevate ourselves and our egos in a way that hurts other people. I remember when I stumbled upon your Instagram and I was reading your captions. First of all, your work stood out to me first. And then once I got to know your personality through your captions, I realized that you are very humble. And that gave me a major reality check because I (laughs) have been taking photos for a long time. And sometimes my ego gets really, (laughs) really (laughs) 
you know, like, oh, you know, I've achieved all these things. Uh, and I was really young when I got into photography originally. And so I think that was a good reality check for me personally. So it's just so you know, your humility is in many ways eye-opening, I think not just for me, but for other people. So thank you for that reminder. I definitely started to humble myself a little bit more after that. That's a very uh, gracious comment. I hope I didn't destroy your marketing, <laughs> your marketing platform because you know what you do and to and to make a career out of this gig is really hard to do. There's a lot of people that are out there taking pictures. It's astonishing, isn't it? How many people now are into photography? Right. Um, and so to to carve out a space in this business, um, I have no confidence that I could do it. Um, so I hugely admire people like you that have, and especially when you create something like this podcast where you're, you know, you're looking at avenues of revenue and your end uh, of followings, you know, increasing exposure for your business. I, I think it's such a, a wonderful thing to, to be able to do this in the business world. And so I, that, that actually really means a lot to me that you would say that. Um, I don't really feel like I inspire people in photography uh, in any way. And to be totally honest with you, that means more to me than if a picture of mine, somebody likes that your comment means more to me than that any day of the week. Just uh, thank you. I, I, pr I appreciate that very much. Thank you too. And thank you for the perspective that you shared, because yes, this podcast does focus on photography, but it is also important to focus on being a decent human being and being humble and remembering that we are after all just human beings at the end of the day who are doing our best and want to be happy and want to succeed. So yeah. That's, uh, I don't think I've ever discussed this with anyone on the podcast yet. So we're going deep. We're going very Dr. Phil here. And I don't know if you guys have that in Belarus, but it's, uh, oh. we're, we're, <laughs> we're talking about psychology stuff, which I, I love. I will say one thing about that, if I may, I've noticed in this, in this game a little bit, and this is mostly landscape photographers that I'm talking about, but there have been some unbelievably horrific online events. Um, and one of them happened to me early on in my career. And I don't, you know, the, the genesis of it, I don't need to bore you with, but, you know, by some anonymous person online attacking me, my career and Ryan and Mark Adamus. And, and I don't know what that's born out of. And I've seen it again recently, people creating false accounts to disparage other photographers who are just trying to make their way mm -hmm. uh, in the world. And I think Obviously, the internet is rife with that, and we're not unique in photography. But I always find it funny that people can be so threatened. We're just out here taking pictures. You know, we're not curing cancer. We're not, you know, some people use their, their platform to um, address climate change or things like that. But really, aren't we just out here to enjoy and create and share and it, shouldn't it just be positive? Do we need to do we need to you know, descend into this bitter, jealous, whatever you know, stage of life these things go into? I just I don't understand that, and it surprises me that in the photography world people can take this so seriously. I know it's I know it's a business for a lot of people, but mm -hmm. um, as you say, we just all need to be kind to each other. And we in the United States we have lost that completely. It's astonishing here. And so I think you and I on this podcast, we are saving the world literally, but with this conversation. The world has already changed because of what we've just shared with the with our Did you feel it? I felt it. Like this paradigm shift. Yep. Yep. People Absolutely. hugging in the streets. Yep. COVID safety, of course. But yes. Yes, we are the best, basically. <laughs> Back to that humble part, yes. <laughs> we just brush off everything we've just discussed. Everything <laughs> exactly. We're the best. We just changed the world. <laughs> yep, starting over on a new podcast episode. Yes. <laughs> no, but seriously, on a, on a serious note, you are right. Offline, it may not always be as obvious as when you are online and you do get hate from people, whether it's direct or indirect, and or you see it on other people's pages, and it can be very discouraging. And it can discourage a lot of young photographers, especially, or just beginners from sharing their work online and being vulnerable, because there are a lot of anonymous accounts out there who might, 
you know, do what they did to you, which is absolutely horrible, or who just might leave comments that are nasty and ugly. And just yes. they just exist and they're there. And I think it's important to have a thick skin and develop that and make sure that you do have a foundation for your work that leaves you feeling grounded and doesn't make you susceptible to feeling horrible about yourself because of all those comments. Uh, that's a great point. And, and it, you know, having a young daughter, which I know you're doing the math. I, yes, I am way too old to have a two year old. I agree with you a hundred percent. But uh, you know, I, I worry about her growing up in an age where there is this online you know, presence and this uh, predication to of some people to to disparage folks online with poor comments or or worse, and seeing the effect that has on people's self esteem. I think it all goes back to that question you asked me earlier: is how are you able to to be humble but confident? And I really value that as a as a goal in life, and particularly in photography. I mean, if this is what photography helps you do is to be able to say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm out here and, uh, I'm, tr I'm making pictures that I like to make and I'm going to keep trying to make better ones. Um, but being, being happy with yourself, uh, and what you're doing and doing it for the right reasons, you know, not for the number of clicks, especially if you're like me and it's just a hobby. I mean, literally it's just a hobby. You know, if I get three likes on a picture and I have, uh, you know, one comment or I have 3000 likes and 300 comments. It doesn't make any difference in my, in my world. I don't, I, I enjoy the interaction with folks that comment and I appreciate those comments. And, but you know, it doesn't change who I am and the reasons that I go out to make pictures, um, which for me is, you know, not my business, but it's, it's a great outlet for me. Uh, and in my business, I mean, I go fly planes. Uh, it's very different than people that go, for example, rent planes and they go fly for fun. You know, this is my job. So I don't fly for pleasure anymore. Although I do get, I take pleasure out of my job, but so it's different. I'm sure for you than it is for me when you have to worry about the business aspect, aspect of things, but just having that self-awareness that, you know, Hey, I'm out here doing this for the right reasons and I'm doing my best and uh, not letting those comments get you down, man, we, we really need to work on that as a society because we're losing a lot of, a lot of kids to not wanting to do things or not wanting to post online or not wanting to interact because they get those comments. And it's, it's, uh, it's disturbing to me as a, as a dad, particularly. Absolutely. Yeah. As photographers, we do need to be mindful. If somebody leaves a negative comment, don't react to it. I mean, unless they're being threatening or they're stalking you, of course, then you need to take measures. But if it's just some random person, of course, it's going to get to you. But then you have to remember all the other amazing comments and the fact that you enjoy what you do. As you said, that's ultimately the most important thing. Just enjoying what you do, especially if it's just a hobby and getting pleasure out of it and hopefully inspiring other people to do the same. Yeah, what phenomenal advice that is. Um... I see so many people that, you know, the comments will start coming in and there's this, this eruption online of a war of words back and forth, back and forth. And I, I have never weighed in on any of those. I simply will not comment. The only time I've ever weighed in, frankly, is if somebody attacks one of my friends online, uh, I will weigh into that because uh, my friendships with, you know, Ryan and David Thompson and, and people uh, that I genuinely care about, if I see somebody attacking them, uh, online with an unjustifiable, you know, background to it, uh, I will come to their defense uh, immediately, just because that's how I'm wired. And I'm very passionate about the people that I'm passionate about. But I think your advice to just sort of ignore those comments is so valuable. Um, so I hope everybody's paying attention to that. Don't listen to anything I say, but but take that advice. That That's really important. Just listen to me, okay, everyone? Just to me. Exactly, everyone. <laughs> so we've talked about haters and negativity and being able to find time for photography and struggling to find time for photography those are all common problems in the photography industry i'm curious to know what has been the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome as a photographer so far um time for sure mm -hmm. for sure time you know how you you it's important that you stay, if you're going to try to stay relevant in, in the photography game, whether it just be for yourself or your business, you've got to practice. You've got to 
invest time and you've got to invest energy. And if you don't have it, it's hard to do. And like anything that takes practice, as you know, you know, these, it doesn't just magically come, right? You've worked very hard to create the images that you've created and the business that you've created. Mm-hmm. And so to not have the time to do that as much as I'd like is, is a tremendous obstacle for me to creating good pictures still. I mean, I go out now and I'm, I'm rusty and I forget how to operate my camera, like literally, <laughs> oh, how do I do that? And that takes, you know, it takes a, a hit to my, to the ability to and just Photoshop. I mean, my goodness, I forget more things that I knew in Photoshop than I know. So I kind of, a lot of times if I haven't processed anything for several months, I kind of have to start over and relearn Photoshop and figure out how I want to try to make an image come to life a little bit. But to flip it, you know, that is definitely the biggest obstacle I've had in my photography. But photography has given me something that that I have never been able to get before from anything else. And that is this community of friendships that are, you know, people being, I, I found that in, in flying and things before as well. But this community of people that are like-minded with similar interests and interesting folks and some of my very best friends I've gained through photography and through the old Flickr days. I, I mean, I messaged Ryan on Flickr because he was an incredible photographer. And I was just said something like, oh, wow, that shot of the white, you know, the white river up in Mount Hood is so amazing. I, I really want to go there someday. And he said, well, I'll be up there tomorrow if you want to come. And off I went. And I mean, he's one of my very best friends that I could ever imagine having. And I'll know him until the day that I die. And so in that, without photography, I don't have that. And so I try to balance the, the obstacles with the benefits. And I definitely get more from the benefits than, than I do run into the obstacles for sure. And again, that's a really nice and healthy mindset. And I think the fact that you have to relearn Photoshop and remember how to use your camera can be a good thing because then you are always challenged by photography and you're always forced to keep learning about it. And in a way that's better than routinely is being exposed to it every single day and then potentially getting tired of it. Yeah, I think, I think that's definitely, do you run into that as a professional? I mean, do you run into feeling photography is a little stale for you because you just have to do it all the time? Right. Well, I'm not a full-time photographer, but I you know, have the privilege of taking photographs whenever I like. I don't think I would be able to pursue a full-time photography career at this point in my life because I just know that I would get tired of it very quickly. <laughs> mm, yeah. Spontaneous. Um, but I have spoken to people um, on the podcast before who have told me that, yes, for sure, the routine does get tiring and you need to have a balance between your professional work and then the work that you really care about that gets your creative juices flowing. Very interesting. You know, maybe you're in it, maybe you're doing the exact right thing. Um, you know, maybe doing it sort of as a semi-pro is the best way to keep it fresh and interesting. Because I think anything that you do, even if you're passionate about it, you know, for me, I mean, I wanted to fly since I was two years old. Hey, but boy, I tell you what, the, the my favorite leg of my trip is the last one going home. <laughs> you know, yeah. as much as I love my job, and I know for Ryan, you know, being the guy that I'm closest to with that's that is actually a full-time professional landscape photographer and about Ian and Sean as well. I'm sure that there are times when they're like, oh man, this is, this is just a drag now, you know, it's work versus fun. And that's, that's tough. It, it is tough. And it's, so I, I think you've got a point about, you know, for me, especially doing it as a side gig and a, a hobby, you know, not being in it all the time, it makes it more exciting when I do get to do get to spend some time doing it. Yeah, I think having the chance to miss anything in your life gives you a better appreciation for that thing, whether it's, you know, a person or a hobby or even a job, a place. Whenever I leave my home and I travel somewhere, even within the country, I always miss my home if I've been away from it for a few hours. As you mentioned about your own job when you you love returning home. It's just, it's a nice thing. So to give yourself that space, to not label yourself as anything specific, I think is a healthy thing. That's just my opinion. I agree. I agree. Again, we've solved all the world's problems. Yes, we are so smart. And we are killing it. We are killing it. <laughs> High five to the smartest people in the world. Indeed. Skype five. 
Okay, Miles, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? I think it has to be personal. I think that I would like at the end of my days, which are hopefully not here just yet, I would like to be able to look back at the pictures that I've taken and remember the places that I went and to use my photography as a placeholder for the experiences of my life. Um, and that to me is, is what I've gained the most from is that, you know, before I started taking pictures, I would travel places or do things and experience things. And, you know, they're easy to forget at that point. It's those memories kind of fade and the, the photographs, particularly if you can take a compelling photograph that you find pleasing to view for yourself to have that as your placeholder uh, is special. And it adds color and flavor to an experience that you can then bring back later on in your life. And I, I want to continue to use photography as a vehicle to experience things that most people wouldn't get a chance to experience. Um, either they don't have the opportunity or they just don't think of it. I, I think just going forward, like, I mean, I've helicoptered over active volcanoes. I've stood in minus 30 degrees and watched the northern lights. Um, this In two days, I'm going out to chase tornadoes. Those are things that I, without photography, I would never do. Um, I've seen countless waterfalls. That, I mean, you know, I used to like to take a quick hike, but I wouldn't go experience those things. So if at the end of the day, my participation in landscape photography allows me to have better experiences and more experiences than I would have otherwise. That's my goal. That's what I want to take from photography. And hopefully, you know, I've got many more years of that because I've the last 10, 11 have been phenomenal in that regard. And I'm, I'm hoping to keep going. I love that. Photography is a superpower because as you just mentioned, it can help you remember certain things or recall certain things very vividly. And I believe in a sense, it is like music where you listen to a song and you're brought back to a certain time in your life, even if it was a long time ago. And photography does have that power as well to bring you back to a certain time and because it's so visual. And if you were present in that photo shoot, then it'll be easier for you to remember those moments. So I really like your answer. And I am sure that you will continue thriving in the photography world and inspiring other people to do the same. So thank you for all of the advice and the stories, I was very entertained. And as you could tell, I laughed a lot. So I'm sure the listeners enjoyed it as well. So thank you. Well, I, you know, we didn't get to talk about me plucking cactus quills out of David Thompson's hindquarters, uh, which is, which is good. I think that, I think that the less I think about that, the better, but it has been an absolute privilege to be here with you. And I appreciate the, uh, the flexibility and scheduling and the thoughtful questions and the, uh, uh, the opportunity to to express myself. So thanks for that. Thank you too. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. If I could give the most humble award to anyone, it would definitely be Miles Morgan. His life story is amazing and his quiet confidence is contagious. I hope that this episode made you laugh, but I also hope that it inspires you to look at yourself and your own work from a different perspective. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.